Everybody comfortable? Yeah. Get your ass up when I'm talking. Hey, take it easy. It's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. Feel the magic and soul of the YBs. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Take two. Welcome to That Davis Show. I am Kenneth Davis. Follow me at That's Davis. Of course, follow executive producer of That Davis Show and Flippin' Friends, Ryan Bukovsky at Ryan B. Ski or Ryan B. Ski 1. Um, listen, we got a, a, a good amount of things to go into today. We have the Bulls lost to the New York Knicks on we Joe We did Kim it Noah to them. That's, that's yeah. us. <laughs> on Joe Kim Noah night. Uh, we have that. Uh, also, the injury news that Patrick Williams is going to be out for the remainder of this season with a dislocated wrist. Uh, so just for Bulls stuff and them going up against the Jazz to see what type of team this this young Bulls team will become earlier in this season. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about the Bears versus the 49ers and who do we think is going to win. Also, the COVID infection just, just overcome Hallis Hall. Um, but more importantly, we have to talk about since the last time we were here, we talked about um, John Doe. There were two John Does. Now there's just one. Um, Cal Breach. And I had mentioned on Tuesday's episode, which I believe dropped Wednesday, or maybe it dropped Tuesday night. I can't remember. I think it dropped Wednesday. It dropped Wednesday. That I didn't think it was going to be too long before John Doe came out. It, it, it meant too much um, to not just that person, but how that person could affect other people that are victimized in the future and that have been victims right now, perhaps seeking out their own justice. Um, Cal Breach, Beach, I'm sorry, Cal Beach, um, former um, Blackhawks, Black Ace, which means that he's a, a minor league player whose minor league season has ended, perhaps as the playoff is commenced. You know what's a good uh, equivalent? It's like varsity football when a couple freshmen get invited on for the playoff run. That's yeah. essentially what the Black Aces are. Oh, exactly. And, and it's like a September call up in the MLB mm-hmm. that gets put on to the, the, the um, playoff roster. Um, Kyle Beach was called up. Um, I forget where he played before he got caught up from Rockford. And Rockford, he said, got bounced in the first round, he believed, at the time. Um, but got called up, and um, Brad Aldrich, who we know is a, a bastard, yeah. um, invited him over, the video coach invited him over to help him with his work and pick out things that he needs to focus on. And he sexually assaulted this young man and threatened him with the fact that he could end his future in the NHL. And when Cal Beach went to seek out help from the organization that he played for, for the most part, outside of uh, Coach Doug, I forgot his name, uh, Doc uh, Gary, I believe he said. Yeah, Doc Gary. A a good instructional guy out of Boston. He said one of the best in hockey. Uh, Doc Barry was, was, was and is one of the only people that really tried to set this wrong right. Um, is this this is perplexing from, from several different issues. One, a, a young man was sexually assaulted. And also, emphasis on young. 20 is young. All right? Like, you go, I think, to go back to how young I was at 20 and how, oh. I, how I thought I was an adult. Legally, right. yes. But how I thought I was, I'm still figuring stuff out now. 
But the, for this young man to be 20 in a high leverage situation, a team going on its first Stanley Cup run in 20 years, basically, right? Maybe 18 since the early 90s. Um, and you get called up. This is just not your chance to be on this team. It's your chance to impress and to perhaps really set your future in stone if you can, if you can come out and ball out. Uh, during the Stanley Cup run, and this gentleman—I'm sorry for saying gentleman—this bastard, um, this this predator, takes advantage of you, and then the organization does absolutely nothing, and you find out that it goes all the way up to the top as far as the people that know. And Ryan, you talked about the uh, mental skills coach as far as prior to the, us coming on air. And I saw Kyle Breach saying that the mental skill coach told him it was his fault for putting himself in that situation. So then my mind, um, just from how my mind works, I try to figure out where what angle is this person coming from, even if it's right or wrong, but in particular wrong. So how was it this young man's fault? So are you telling me that, and this is just an opinion of mine, you knew Brad Aldrich's sexuality and therefore, if if Brad Aldrich was bi or gay male, that any male that goes to his house seeking advice and uh, 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 dinner, it's on him that he gets sexually assaulted because you should have known better. Is that, I mean, like what I, I, I'm, I'm just trying to understand because I haven't finished all of Kyle Breach's Beach's interview uh, with with um, with Rick TSN. With TSN, the funny thing that I only had the Sports Center logo on top of it, and so it threw me off because I'm like, "Isn't this TSN?" Yeah, but it's I have Canada Sports Center. <laughs> right, the most important sports. <laughs> um, but just to think that a mental skills coach. Just think about this too. This is your mental. I know, skills you're coach. the mental skills. Right, and you. I mean, when you see Cal Beach say how he felt about seeing Brad Aldridge with the cup at the celebration, taking uh, pictures and how announced and in Grand how, Park. Right. And how it made him feel that he had done something wrong. And like this is a grown ass to see now at 30, 31, how, and he's in his, he's right. How it affects him while he's somewhere in Podunk, Germany, all right, says the organization is great and they're behind their players. So I'm happy for him there. That wasn't where he intended his NHL career to go. And I don't know if this would have happened, would he have been an NHL plus successful NHL player or not. But I know he didn't get a fair shake because somebody was assaulting this young man. And the Ken, people that were supposed to take care of him did absolutely nothing. Yes. Absolutely nothing. And you're right. Like there are leaks of things coming out, like people questioning like things about him at the time being early twenties trying to make, cause he was a 2008 first round pick of the Blackhawks. So it's like when he's coming up in 2010, he's thinking, this is my first step in the next step of staying with this organization. You know, it's not like he's some like undrafted free agent pickup. Right. Like you're a first right. round pick. They think and you're going to be something. People were saying like, Hey, it just doesn't seem like it's all there in his mind. Like he can't put it together. Well, you think you think like, um, <laughs> He's in Germany right now because these bastards didn't do anything to help him or protect him. Yeah. And then go think about how that also how those, those people who know they didn't do right by you, but are fearful of information that you have about what they did 
start to spread. And this is my opinion, but start to give people um, an inkling that perhaps you're not someone they should have in their organization or you're not someone who may be trusted or you're not someone that the things you say are actually factual. You know, because you you can, they made a given Brad Aldrich a referral. I don't think they gave this young man a referral to the rest of the NHL and told Mm-mm. them we didn't give him a fair shake here. And we did wrong by him. I don't think they told anybody that. I'm sure they made it seem like like you just said it's that's on him. It's something about the kid. Um, they and this isn't this isn't important. They pissed on three Stanley Cup, see three Stanley Cups for. I, I couldn't tell you why when all you had to do was step up and say, we have a villain in our organization that we did not know he was committing heinous acts until it was brought to our attention. We're taking care of it and we're going to make sure anybody that he's done anything to within our organization is taken care of and looked after. Simple. And you go doubling down and I don't I I got reasons why I think you doubled down I, I think I may have talked about it before but it's it's just ridiculous and Cal Beach's pain was palatable mm-hmm. and it's palatable today thinking about what his pain has been the last 11 years I can't, I, I'm just flabbergasted when I, I mean, it, 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 it's it's because you never see something. You never see this. No, we've seen uh, we've seen the Mavericks have sexual situations where they had to get a guy up out of there. We still don't know what the hell is going on in Washington. Only person who took the hit was John Gruden. Right. Mm-hmm. We never see where the general manager, the Hall of Fame head coach, former coach, you know, like where these people are getting chopped, snatched out. Listen, Cannon Taves. All right, let- Ken. I was just about to say we're going to talk about Joakim Noah Knight in a little bit, and I thought of this. I wonder if you had this thought at all whatsoever. I didn't know with like the old faces coming back how I'd kind of feel because I love that team, but it wasn't like it, it was a team where I was hoping would do more in the playoffs kind of thing. But then it was like so cool to see like in Joe's box, Luol Deng and some of those other guys from the past in there. And I was thinking like, man, after this scandal, you don't ever want to see the the Taves box with Kane and Sharp and Keith and all these guys celebrating like being together like at this point. It's like you don't want to see their faces ever again. And just yes. talking about it, like the heroes that these people were, these athletes were to people, like Chicago's going through it right now. They are trying to wash themselves of this horribleness that they have to deal with or have to deal with now with these players and knowing, because Kyle Beach said it himself, everybody knew in that locker room what happened. Like, And we know how insulated hockey is. That spread like wildfire. Right. I'm sure. My captain, my captain, my captain. Exactly. And I don't know if you heard this, but Kyle Beach has put into the settlement that the Blackhawks are trying to settle immediately. He's putting in a demand that Taves loses the C off of his jersey. So that's in the settlement. So what what do you think as far as how how Taves, Jonathan Taves treated him? Mr. Oh, yeah. He deserves yeah. that C taken off. Immediately. He deserves worse than he needs to be. First of all, you know, and this is this. Uh, I'm sorry to go into hockey. I, you know, I've been saying get rid of Taves for five or six years because it was going to come crashing quick, and it did, and everyone was in love with him. Right. Oh, the no, captain. 
I was like, I was branch Ricky on that ass. Get rid of him a year early than a year late. You can see the incoming. And everybody was like, no. And now <laughs> to find out that on top of the fact that there's been he's deteriorating skill wise and being just and also mental capacity. We don't we we really don't talk about the, the, the concussions that he's taking on. Right. Like that used to be a big thing early on. But to know that this 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 F wad. Was pro- was sitting there saying inflammatory stuff to this young man who had been assaulted. Like where where are y'all let to stand up at the authority in the room? And be like, well, y'all not gonna do nothing. Y'all gonna let this happen to, to Shorty, right? Like like even if even if and this is wrong, even if you didn't want the organ that situation in your organization and you like it's better off if we get rid of both of them. I'm not saying you should do that, but like y- y- where were you at to be the hero? Instead of what it looks like, you were just going along with the villains, right? I mean, I would really like to hear more. I, I, I'm going to go and finish it, and I can't wait because, like I said, I I knew he was going to come out. I and mean, that's to say that I like that. Oh, Ken, who would have known that? But of course, when you get them like this, and they did you the way they did, Kyle, the way that they did, don't let them keep you afraid anymore. Right? You s- step out and said, step out. Regardless of what they say with their slurs, because they're ignorant and homophobic, and I'm not saying Cal Cal uh, Beach is uh, is gay. Even if he was, it would be okay. But right. because he like this is the crazy thing. So wait, you use a homophobic slurs on him because he was assaulted? Exactly. How sickening is that? Like that's like what? Like so what? It's just. What the fuck was going yeah, on? Yeah, that's Masters? a WTF. That's all you can think of. And like, okay, if you want to try to bring up some of this Taves and Kane were 20 at the time, BS, whatever. After their post-game reaction where they're standing up for Stan and standing up for all these people that were a part of it, like, you don't, you don't defend criminals in the middle of a scandal. Like, that was the dumbest thing. And it makes me think they don't even deserve any grace for being 20 if you really think about this at 31. I'm 32. Maybe if I was dumb and immature back in the day, I wouldn't be thinking the exact same way nowadays because you grow up, you understand, and especially a guy like Jonathan Taves who's been exposed to how many different types of people and different backgrounds across the city and that love him and that he appreciates, and then you're just going to throw out a teammate? with slurs as an ignorant just pos and then 11 years later not even be contrite about it at all miss me with that bro miss me with it but you you have the video of cow beach that you want to run so let's put that up and finish the conversation on this terrific situation yeah, I think uh, this clip is really the most powerful part of the entire interview when he apologizes to the young Michigan John Doe, and it's really powerful stuff. He did leave the Blackhawks in the summer of 2010. He went on to work for the U.S. Hockey National Program, actually, as well as Miami University in Ohio. And then in 2013, he wound up in Houghton, Michigan, where he sexually assaulted a 16-year-old high school player. And I wonder if that player is watching now, what your message to him is. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't do more when I could 
to make sure it didn't happen to him, to protect him. But I also want to say thank you to him. Because when I decided, after a teammate asked me about it, when I was playing overseas, and I decided to Google Brad Aldrich's name, that's when I found out about the Michigan individual, the Michigan team. And because of what happened to him, it gave me the power and the sense of urgency to take action <laughs> to make sure it wouldn't happen to anybody else. So I'm sorry, and, I'm, and I thank you. Kyle. And I hope at some point down the road, if he's open to it, I would love to meet him. Because unfortunately, we share something in common that's going to be a part of us for the rest of our lives. So that was my first time seeing that part. I was watching it and I had to leave and pick up my kids. Um, so this is just some observations. I wouldn't think that Cal Beach um, just became an emotional in individual. He seems to be someone that perhaps wears his emotions on his sleeves, especially if he's. Um, Devastated, you know what I'm saying. So and I'm taking all this into consideration. So because he was an emotional young man, and you guys are tough, right? You deemed it his fault that this happened because he just wasn't this Spartan, uh -huh. right? And just, just like, because even if he was a Spartan, he still would have been sexually assaulted. Um, well, I guess to them, he, he should have beaten the shit out of Brad Aldridge and never let that happen. How could you? Right, right, right. And like so, so the it's not on the predator. No, it's on your reaction right. to the predator to validate or invalidate the predator's actions. I take it. Um, and this this is why you need grownups in the room. You know, people talk about diversity. And when we talk about diversity, we're talking about minorities and inclusion and women and having people that are from the LGBTQ community and just from all, like I said, minorities. But, you know, one thing that we're talking about, you need real live grownups, mm -hmm. old fashioned, not the old fashioned people that sweep this under the rug. The old fashioned people are like, what the fuck is that? And we need to go and talk to the cops because you know what's going to happen down the line. I hate to say that you do right out of fear of repercussions a decade later, but you needed someone in the room to be like, so we're just going to allow this guy to stay right. here and we're going to give him a referral. Like, dude, they gave him a referral. Here's a ring. Here's a check. Here's a date with a cup. And here's a job. Get out of here, you it bastard. So, and we talked about this on the line. It has so much Joe Paw on it. Like, he, here's a ring. So here's a picture with you with the ring and the cup. So you can use this on any application. Hey, you, you see right there, I'm, I'm with the Blackhawks. <laughs> like, you can use and a referral, and you know that he's a deviant. Like, I mean, I know that, I know that the worst family aren't going to lose that team. But it, they and I said, that team. yeah, they need to. I, they need to, right? Because this, this is this is ridiculous. Um, but it also, 
And again, I said this earlier today on Sean and Maya, it's not going to change anything. We're going to, in, in, in two weeks, we're going to move off of this. And instead of really looking at the issues at hand, the breakdown here and how to fix this so it doesn't happen moving forward, we're going to move on to the next thing instead of really talking about sexual assault on men, women, and children. Right. And no, just the fact of what can we do better as a society when this happens to support them, let alone as as a, a, a job and to, to support your employees. Um, this is this is wild. This is and wild. I mean, people here, I'm being a, being someone who has been was lucky enough to be affiliated with the score. I know when this first start coming out, I can I can remember hearing Lawrence Holmes saying that this was going to be a whoopsie daisy. And it's it's definitely is. Um, well, this- just how you laid it out, like when I tell it to people that aren't sports fans at all, but maybe have like an inclination of what that Hawks era was like, they can't get enough of it in terms of like interest level because it's such an unbelievable story. Like, how could a group of people be this like idiotic with their decision making and allow a predator ultimately to get back on the streets like right it it doesn't even make sense it sounds like a crappy netflix movie or something like that like you don't expect it whatsoever and especially from a team that we lauded as well ran as as a shining light in chicago sports like whoops well i don't know people and i have nothing to add to it but people that know the character of a John McDonough. Um, the thing too, I think about people in that organization from players to higher ups that knew about this. And you know how you, you, you like just how Cal beach said that a teammate of his brought up the situation and he went to look at the young man in Michigan. I wonder teammates who thought it just, man, remember what's the name? What's the name? And went to look it up and saw where Brad Aldridge was working now and was like, oh, right. Like, uh, right. like, and, 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 and nobody cared. No, like that's the thing too. No, they didn't even care right. that this, this pervert was around young kids. They didn't like, this, is, this isn't a Blackhawks thing. This is a societal thing. Where you know what? It's not happening to me and my family. Forget it. Mm-hmm. It's a societal thing where if it's not in my house, why am I gonna care about it? Because you're a human being, damn it, and you should care about, let alone you are a human being that should care about anybody that's breathing this air, but let alone these are young people that you you've set a damn predator on and nobody's looking out for them. And, and we all know how a this trophy for right. one year. That's what that was the decision. Predator trophy that we might not ever get again. You still would have got the trophy and you would. I been, think so, too. But that's their rationale. You still would have got even if you didn't get the trophy, you would have got two others later on. So it, seeing that Bain and Taves are 20, right? They're 20, right? Dude, this, they are rising stars. Oh, hey, but you know what? This is the life. Cubs. This, this is, is the only th- time. This is life, though. Life shows you do the right thing or do what you think is best. And you here, this is the red pill, blue pill, mm-hmm. right? And they sat there and they took the red pill, all right? Instead of, they could have, they basically have both, 
you could have because I don't I still don't feel a like shining light. And I'm exactly. sure you still won. Yes. And the, but the, the whole the investigation, in my opinion, and I have to get more information, it wouldn't have come full bore out probably until after the Stanley Cup anyway. So and you would have just pointed out you this. this Yes, we had this and this terrible event happened. And as you said, you would have been looked at as the authority on when these situations in the standard. I should say you've been looked at as the standard on it. And when these situations take place, instead of just looking like you, you the same as USA Gymnastics and Larry Nassar, you know, like you're you're like this, this like what are we do? I, like? Ken, I don't even want my kids involved in anything right now because it's right. just like no, who's looking out for the kids? Who's who's looking out? Because really, it's, I'm gonna look out for my coworker. I don't care what type of DVM they're on. I'm gonna look out for that person instead of looking out for the victims. And you tell me, John McDonough, Stan Bowman, Joe Quenville sit there in May at a press conference saying that we had a predator. We've called the cops. The players had nothing to do with this. This was between our video coordinator and our black ace. And we are going to stop this from getting any further along. And we want to report this guy to authorities. That wouldn't have been enough. That wouldn't have been enough to stop the media that they were worried about would just totally distract their team from their Stanley Cup persuasion. All you had to show was that you cared about John Doe at the time, Cal Beach, and that you were doing right by him. And you were getting to even let's just say hypothetically, you you didn't know who to believe that you you suspend Al pay, you get to the bottom of the situation and then you take whatever action is necessary. That's all anybody was asking. But see, this is the thing with homophobia, right, where because that's what we really are stepping around here. Right. The, the, I'm sure they homophobia. were in that room when they, they were, were talking about they it. were home. They didn't want that home of the homophobia attached that they have. They, and, and that they view perhaps I don't want to say the fans have it, but they, they put that on the fans. Right. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to add that. because. And it, but again, the problem is what person are you homophobic? Now, now you shouldn't be homophobic at all. But who are you if this is how you are? You're homophobic towards the victim, but not the assailant. And I'm not saying you should be, but just think about the backward thinking that took place. He was assaulted. And instead of what is this jail? Basically, like, oh, you should have shanked him. Like, you shouldn't have been in that spot, Sonny. Right. Like, dude, what? What the fuck? Right. Like this, this dude. I mean, and on top of that. All right. Like, we all know there is a stigma of being being assaulted as a male growing up. There has been period. Right. So think about how hard it is to tell your co-workers and your higher ups in right. in sports too. This isn't just in hockey nine to five. too. Exactly. Yeah, this ain't a regular nine to five in hockey to tell them that another man assaulted you and you this young, strong met young man, and they like so you must be some type of bitch. Basically, I'm not. That's not me or Ryan. That's what I'm they just, said. But like instead of being like, dude, I, I wouldn't have let it happen to me, but we got to protect you because this is wrong, right? Even if that's how you felt. You know, you still protect him. You don't leave him blowing in the wind because someone assaulted him. 
Like, it's this is my thing too. And I thought about this because my first reaction, to be honest, I, I try. I, I want to give you, for the most part, a naked Kenneth because you spend your time with Ryan and myself, right? Hold on. My first reaction the, uh, was let me get the sensor button. My first reaction was. See, they're going to be mad when something bad happened to them in the office, because once y'all didn't do anything, I'm going to have to do something. Right. But see, this is the kicker. So if he went and 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 maimed and hurt this man, y'all would have applauded him. This is on him going to jail and it's coming out. Right. Like, how does this work where this is why you have people to protect and you go to higher ups so that you don't have to take this to the streets? Right. I mean, again, now, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do know I'm not allowing this message. All right. I'm sorry. I'm being honest. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm just not. We're going to have this going to be some tussling and some struggling. But in me saying that, I don't view that that Cal Beach is weak. Because yeah. he doing that, I'm a just I'm just a dude from the south side of Chicago with the quick trigger because that's kind of how we're built and how you got to move. So, and in, in a lot of cases, that quick trigger has and could get me in trouble. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm so from my from my perspective. But I'm not saying that my perspective is how he should have reacted. Like, but and again, I shouldn't even have went there because that's not important to what we're discussing. We're discussing a person was sexually assaulted and he reported it and it was buried for a decade. And at no point, even when, and I know that last year when we found out this was coming, that no one could pop out and be like, look, I'm really sorry before, cause they would have been throwing other people under the bus basically. So now you got to go with it. But like you just said last, that, that, that post game presser, that was for Cannon Taves to get out in front. And I don't know how you're going to get out in front of something you've been behind for a decade. Tame. But for you to, to at least PR-wise placate to the people, you know? Tame, like just he requested that media availability because he was at home with COVID. Mm-hmm. Didn't even watch the interview. And decided to defend Stan, who he was living in his house when he first started with the Blackhawks or something like that. Like Stan took him in when he had nowhere to go or some BS. And it's just when like, I was in Wisconsin doing all this craziness. Right. But like, come on, dude, don't request media availability. Just look like a damn fool. And Hawks I mean, PR has no control over this whatsoever. Dude, real talk. And again, Ryan wouldn't do something like this. But if Ryan did something like this and is breaking right now, Ryan knows I support him. But I'm not going to be out here looking like a damn fool. This is like, this isn't a, um, this isn't a person got into an argument with another person, right? That they were wrong in it or they were insensitive. This was a sexual assault. You know, like this wasn't something where it's it's a situation where it's like, oh yeah, I could understand that they got it got out of hand. No, 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 no. This is this this is something. You know, if you followed that Davis show, all right, in 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 any iteration from Dean Davis to the flip, you know the things that are triggers here: murder, rape, all right, sexual assault. Those things are triggering. And this was a sexual assault. 
So this isn't time to come. Like if Ryan sexually assaults someone, I'm gonna be like, that's not the Ryan I know. But I mean, the proof is there. He was bugging, and something right. was wrong with him. Right. All he right, made like, a mistake, and he should pay the penalty. Period. He should definitely story. pay the. Yeah. Like it's just this isn't the time. And I mean, on top of that, this isn't like they just found this out. Right. Right. He so done anything at any right, point in ten this, years. This isn't like Ryan. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to say. You knew for the last year. All right, that a reckoning was coming. All right. You knew that. And and you've known about the situation for a decade and you still fuck up. Like, what's this like, dude? Just like just this go. This is an all-timer. This is an all-timer scandal in the Rip sports it. world. And Rip everything. it to shreds. Yeah. And it, it, like a, a partner, a part friend of mine on uh, Sports on Chicago, uh journalist Jason Palmer. Um, Jason, um, was at the Blackhawks game Wednesday night and he was talking about how the tickets were like $8. Yeah. I mean, these are hundred dollar seats, the tickets. And it just, they, they, yeah, they, when they're they good, Ooh, baby, that's a hot ticket to get. Right. And I mean, I, dude, I don't even care. Dude, you're never going to get bulls tickets for that price. Like, right. I don't care. Maybe playoffs, what, but that's it. No, no, no. I mean Bulls tickets for eight dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Never, You're never, never I don't care how bad <laughs> no, the Bulls yeah. are. No. They're never letting you in the UC in the hundreds <laughs> and two hundreds for eight bucks. You, you can, can even have the ticket buy. that says eight dollars and they'll say, sir, get the hell out of here. It's this is just wow, dude. This this was this was bad business, but all right, Ryan. How we about some happier news with the Bulls, even though it wasn't is that it happy? happy? Is it really that happy? I mean, uh, I mean, I to me, yeah, that that loss sucked, but they kind of came back. DeRozan makes the air ball. You know, this team has to go through a gelling period, so I'm okay with it. Versus the Knicks, who primarily have played together, they have some new pieces like Fournier and Kemba Walker, but there's there's a group that's they new pieces are working. Yeah, that, those new pieces was working. Like I didn't yes, think Fournier would be Me getting neither. off the way that he is getting off. I mean, this is and right Kemba can just Orlando be on his off. one little leg and just like run around because Derrick Rose, Julius Randle, and Evan Fournier are out there. Dude, this man, they were wet, wet. All right, last night, um, I didn't understand why Bulls players were leaving Fournier open. That didn't make a lot of sense to me when he was at the um, the corner threes. Um, and what's your point? I think being in those players, the majority of that team being in Thibs' system helps them more than the Bulls having – basically, the Bulls have a new team. The only players that are from last year's team that ret- return, one of them is not even playing um, in um, in Kobe White. And, of course, Patrick Williams, the second year in Vooch and in um, uh, uh, Zach Levine. Those are your only returning players from last year. So you got Billy Donovan and the cast and new guys trying to figure it all out. And as we've said on here, as long as the defense is balling, this Bulls team can be something. But I I said it, there's going to be ebbs and flows with this defense. And it definitely came up yesterday. You can still see that there's a, a, a little bit of the separation between the Knicks team, which... Again, I think the Bulls are more talented than the Knicks, but that's also I didn't think Kemba's going to be healthy the entirety of the season. I think the Bulls' ceiling of talent 
is higher than the Knicks, but that was including Patrick Williams. All right. And let's be honest, too. And I'm a Patrick Williams defender. Patrick Williams really hasn't been playing that well. All right. And it's been a conversation I wanted to bring over here. And it, it became really apparent when they were facing Toronto and Scotty Barnes, who is this this right. season's Patrick Williams. And Scotty Barnes was giving them the business as a rookie coming out of Florida State. Right. So it, like there's there's something where defensively some of the last games, there's been some times where with Patrick Williams, I'm like, OK, now and offensively, even though there have been some good things, too. Um, and I'm not saying that this is good that he got hurt because you want him to play through that. But it was getting to the point, And I'll say it now that I already thought, to be honest, that, you know, you guys may need to start Javante Green and let, and, and let Patrick take that spot from him rather than giving it like they did last year. And I don't think I, and this early for me, and I don't know Patrick Williams to say he's the type of person who, if you took it from him, wouldn't fight for it. I think he would fight for it, but you, you have given him a position. You did it last year when he was a rookie and you did it this year on a team that's a lot better than last year's team, where at least last year you had the excuse of, well, let's see, let's see what we have. This isn't a let's see what we have team. This is a let's get in the playoffs and see what we can do and then recalibrate to know after we find out what we can do, what we need to move forward and go deeper into the playoffs or into the championship. So that's what you have here. So it's going to be bad with with P-Dub being out. Um, you, you They're going to have to make some moves. I don't I'm not a person because I don't think this Bulls team is a title contender where I'm like move heaven and earth. To try to oh, replace Patrick no. Williams, yeah, like that. No. So, and a lot of people are kind of like, "Man, you got like I, you, what? Uh, already, what heaven and earth? By the way, there's no draft picks to right. move and, around." Uh, and listen, me and you said this on Tuesday's show. You already lacked a rim defender, so mm-hmm. do do selling out whatever now. You should have done that before. In all fairness, to solve to resolve that issue, because you know you're not going to get it from Vooch. And even if Patrick Will playing power forward at six seven is still somewhat undersized, uh, even though he's a wide body and athletic. Um, it, they better. I, I need to see them come out and have a good game against a well run organization like the Jazz. Um, still have faith in this season, but now they're facing real teams. We open up the season with some suckers. Yep, and enjoy beating up and punching down, and now you got to face some real squads and prove that you're really here. So we'll find out how good this Bulls team really is now after suffering their first loss of the season. Yeah, I think uh, you know there was some positives from yesterday, but it didn't feel good losing to a Knicks team that I thought uh, they were much yeah. better than. And on Joe Keep Noah night too, seeing all the old faces together. I got to tell you, Derrick Rose, how good he looks, was like, damn it. <laughs> I had a little Derrick Rose damn it moment. Like, damn. Why does every star we get since Jordan just like fizzle out or we ship him out of town as soon as we can? It was that time. one I understand, yeah, but it was just still like, damn. I'm with you. I mean, to think what was supposed to be. I don't, but like, you know, I really don't. I don't now. I know, right? I don't really think about it, to be honest with you, because there's been so much separation to, as far as time. I just appreciate it. You yeah. know, like see, seeing 
seeing Joe made me rep- appreciate an era of Bulls basketball. And this is the thing, too. This is my problem with the Bears. It's not about winning championships. It's about how strong and how willing you are to build towards them and how diligent you are. For the most part, I feel like John Paxton at that time was doing everything. Garpax was doing everything they could with who they were. They they weren't going to get a Bosch, a LeBron James, a Dwayne, the Dwayne. And they Wade. tried. They tried, but they weren't. They they didn't. They didn't have the equity to get those type of players to to trust them with their legacy, right? So you ended up with the Carlos Boozer, who was the fourth sexiest option in that free agency period behind those three and Amari Stoudemire, depending on how you rated Amari due to his knee at that time with microfracture, microfractures. Which I definitely um, had Boozer ahead of Amari. Um, so you got, and Boozer, let's not forget, Boozer was offensively efficient as hell. He was balling you know? that playoffs right before yeah, he, he was. A, it was just that you knew defensively he was going to shrink. Give it at Joe! Right, get get that rebound! Right, oh my goodness! Right. I do miss that. <laughs> Give it up, Joe! And then punching the referee in his unders, yeah. But um, don't forget that breaking game. his like, hand on the wall. Yeah. Oh yeah, tripping over, bag, <laughs> tripping over a bag, tripping over a bag. Quote unquote. Um, oh my hand they, is broken. They they were trying, and that. So I go back to that era. Did, did they get it done? No. But were they close? Yeah, especially one year, especially. The first year, the year D-Rose won the MVP was their best chance to win it all before Miami oh, could figure it out. Yeah, Eastern Conference Finals, game one was so glorious. Oh, destruction. Mm, before before LeBron switched off on D-Rose. <laughs> yep. Um, and then LeBron decided, I'm going to be super clutch in the playoffs from now on. Right. In a story. Right. So, that was the start of it. But I, I, I still appreciate that era Bulls basketball. Um, going from where they were before, I, I was thinking about and just watching the after talking about Adrian Griffin and the body and Ben Wallace uh, telling then uh, oh, uh, was it the other Jim Boylan. Was Wallace. it the other Jim Boylan was in charge then um, or was it Adams? I can't remember. But telling them like you, when when Joe was either late or something that and Joe was suspended a game that he needed to be suspended more games. I remember thinking, like, who the hell are they, especially Griffin? <laughs> Cause I was mad because the Bulls brought him back when they could have had, um, they could have had what's his name, uh, J.R. Smith, and they traded the Pelicans, and they just sent J.R. Smith straight to to um, Denver, Denver, right? Right, sent him straight, and they brought back Adrian Griffin. Uh, so I was this, always upset. What's the shooter ball handler with athleticism? Right, it's, Get it's out bad here. for the culture. Right, he played the rim upset. around here. But and I said that to you the other day. That really straightened Joe out, and I thought Joe was going to do some silly stuff a couple more times. I'm sure he did, but stuff that caused that reaction from his vets. And Joe was straight after that, and he started to become the Joe that I thought he would become coming out of Florida because I I love me some Joe of Florida. I went in thinking, like, man, who is this dude, right, this old goofy-ass kid? And I'm watching him and Al Horford. And I was watching – um, I think I was watching Stacey King in the game talking about – was it Stacey King? Saying that Joe wasn't um, skilled, that his skill was effort. Well, no, honestly, no, no, no. that's what a lot of people are saying, that he was – he his hard work gave him offensive skill. That's His handle. First of all, he could handle and pass coming out of college. And Stacy well, did say that. 
four or five, right? But four or five, like him and Al Horford used to lead out on a break so much in Florida. That's what made me fall in love with them, getting the rebound and taking off and initiating the offense. That's what made me fall in love with both players. And I, I knew Al Horford was more valuable and I would have taken him, but I wanted Joe. And to get Joe, and I'm like the year before, I wanted Tyrus Thomas. But if I had to choose, I wanted Joe over Tyrus Thomas, but Joe didn't come out into that draft. Joe went back so they could win another, and they did win another. And I was telling <laughs> Kenton that, dude, when they went back-to-back, you wasn't supposed to be able to win back-to-back. No. And you still see now nobody wins back-to-back. Right? I mean, it's crazy to even think about. with a Even one when game, you stayed in school, you didn't like win back-to-back. One, lo- one game, you're out. You have to win, yeah. what is it, dude. eight? Eight in a row? They won Dude. like nine, ten tournament games in a row? What does it take? Listen, that was one of the last time Greg Oden was healthy. And there was a, a, and Greg Oden gave them the business yes, in the did. national championship game. But, but those those guys, right kept com- they kept coming at him. Greg Oden was giving them the business at Ohio State. And but they kept coming, they kept coming, they kept coming, and they they proved why they were the champs and they became back to back champs. But when you when just to think about Joe being the heart and soul of that team, it makes you feel good because I was thinking today, is he the second best? If we had a ranking of Bull Center, is he the second one behind Artis Gilmore? Because what about, I mean, uh, uh, Johnny Red. Yeah, he's better than Johnny Ricker. I think he's better than Johnny Ricker. Ooh, okay. Okay. I, do. I think if we look at the stats, I'll run the stats real quick. I'm trying uh, to think because definitely I would put him. It's either he's three or four. I don't think there's anybody else I would put ahead of him in terms of a center. Maybe if they kept Elton Brand for a while, he I guess he was more he's power, power forward. He's a power forward. Uh, also, and I thought this too, uh, Johnny Red didn't play for the Bulls. I thought that while I was looking, I was like, I don't think he played. Also, he averaged 13.8 for his career. Okay. So, and that's from 1954 to 65. So, ah, the golden points. era. <laughs> yeah. But primarily Johnny Ricker. See, Johnny Ricker was the Bulls' general manager. How many uh, peach baskets did he hit that year? Oh, 54. Wet. <laughs> <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, so I think he's, I think, I think Joe, and I, I mean, this also tells you the Bulls don't have a history of great centers. But mm-hmm. I mean, I think I will put him. I can understand somebody maybe put Bill Cartwright ahead of him, but I think I'll put him ahead of Bill Cartwright. And yeah, I think so too. And I will say, but yeah, but man, Bill Cartwright, you let, yeah, Patrick Ewan, let Patrick Ewan show up. You needed him. All right. <laughs> it's like, damn, Bill Cartwright can score. Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, from playing with Patrick Ewan and them being a twin, a twin towers at a point, when he saw Patrick Ewan, Bill yeah, Cartwright was like, like, I'm about, I got something about for to get you. a couple. I'm about to give me a couple <laughs> right here. Right. But, uh, and Luke Longley, because look, man, Luke Longley's backdoor pass was something to behold. But um, and Luke Longley was never the same after the body surfing incident. But um, yeah, I think I would take Joe if I had to. I would take Joe over both of them. I think Artis Gilmore, just being a hellacious athlete, um, is the only one that's above Joe Kim Noah. And again, we don't have a great history of centers in Chicago, and it doesn't matter because we had Michael Jordan, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Third on the all-time championships list because of that man. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, again, getting back into last night's game, um, it's a growing experience. I hate the fact that they lost Patrick Williams and tonight's game or yesterday's game when this drops versus no, the no, Jazz. No, they, uh, today's game. Okay, today's game. Um, 
listen it, 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 you it's this is a measuring stick and you need to go out and show and you all you we also need to see that this team doesn't go through long lulls after a loss you know what i'm saying so i'm looking for them to bounce back um they need to figure out i think tibbs also this is the problem with tibbs tibbs has gave has, has given other teams a blueprint on one stop stop zach stop uh stop Demar, and you knew this was gonna happen sooner than later. You know, I've told you how much I loved him. Lonzo's gonna have to come off of I'm not scoring. You're gonna have to score, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like you, teams are gonna leave you alone if you if you just play point twenty four seven. You're gonna have to be a scorer um, outside of just being a, a pure point guard. And how about Vooch? I feel like Vooch. Like if Zach and Demar ain't getting it. Give it a vooch. He was getting it early on. Like, I felt like they kind of went away from him too soon. And I agreed with Stacy too. I would love them to mix up that pick and roll at the top of the key with Zach and DeMar. Like, let them try to go one-on-one. Don't bring up that extra defender and I'm let totally, him that pick and roll. I don't understand why. Like, we act like this is the new NBA and that a pick and roll has to be said with the big. Like, did you ever have to do that in eons, damn near? So when I like when I see it, it's like, why? When I like, I'm like, why aren't you just running pick and roll with with with, with Zach and Demar? Right, and put if, Vooch on the three. He can shoot right. it out there. You don't. So, you can create the space yeah. you need. Yeah. So I'm I'm definitely I, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see them versus the Jazz. You know, a team that's clearly better than them. That's got it going. It'll be a nice, I guess, kind of like early season measuring stick. But really, what we, I guess what we got to be patient for is the gelling, what Billy Donovan adjusts with, these players, how they adjust. And hopefully by the All-Star break, they start looking more like a team that's been together for a while. Great. I, I totally agree. Great point. Um, also, they need some road trips together. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just to go to piggyback what you're saying as far as the gelling and, and team building times. They, they need those road trips and to go through those hard times to really appreciate one another and to form that bond that can can help them down in the long run. Mm-hmm. And boy, if they can figure out some of these things, Pat Williams can be a tough loss. If they can like if they can just survive and get Kobe White back and really like take another level of just being offensively potent with your first and second units, I think they're gonna be they're gonna be a strong team. I'm, I'm with you. I think I think they will be, but I, I still have to hit the brakes a little bit because it's the defense. It really goes. It, it really goes into how tenacious they are in the passing lanes. Mm-hmm. You know, like if and see the problem with that is kind of like interceptions in in football. It goes right. pump, like so. Like, like you go up against a good quarterback in Julius Randle, and all of a sudden you're not getting as many interceptions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, great point. So that's that to me is their dedication to the defensive side of the ball will definitely impact the wins and losses this season. And if they're dedicated to the defense, they should be one of the, the, the they should be a fifth seed. I feel like in, in the Eastern conference, I guess it's that bears taking on the 40. You, you, know, think it, you think Justin Fields is right. Is the breakout coming? He's feeling the breakout. I hope he is. I, I know. And I said this on under center, 
um, that that's what Darnell Mooney and he referenced his junior year to Lane. At the beginning of the year, they were only averaging over 21 points a game by the like the last five games. It was just under 30 and how that he feels the same way he did then, that they were getting close to it clicking and that it clicked. Um I don't know if that was with a, a red shirt or a, a freshman quarterback that he had at Tulane. What, what is Tulane? Are they in the MAC where you got probably five or six guys you can attack on the opposing defense? So, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I would hope so, though. You know, and at well, least it's got to come somewhat, right? Like, we got to see more from Justin Fields and the entire offense, even though it's explainable why they're struggling. Yeah, and you got what you got, Larry Borum returning. Shout out to Bellissimo. He was hitting me on the low. They got this contact with Larry, this in with Larry Borum, and they're getting all this information beforehand. Ugh. The uh, only problem I have with the Larry Borum thing is he's gotten like major injuries twice already this year. Like, yeah, but the, the first one, though, the, the, no, that's the first one. The one in the first game when Peters went down, that was just a freak injury, though. You know, saying like it wasn't it, it wasn't an injury where he was untouched. You know, I think when someone went low and he kind of hurt his leg, he hurt his lower extremity from a cut or something. Yeah, it was yeah. a high ankle sprain. Yeah, so that one, I can't. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm paying attention, but I, I that one I won't blame him. Now, if it continues to happen, then yeah, I got to switch and be like he's injury prone. But I mean, we're just looking at last week and what they did with Lashavia Simmons out there, who didn't even know he was going to be out there. Bless you. And without even having Alex's bar, who you were using at tight end as a down lot lineman, not even have him help protect him or send Cole Komet over there to chip. I mean, like we don't chip here in Chicago. Ken. I mean, but that's a that. huge indictment on everybody that was involved in the offense last week. Like what? Like, did you forget who your offensive line is? And I mean, that wasn't even forgetting. Jermaine Fetty is out. Lashavius Wilkinson, I mean, Elijah Wilkinson is it was out. You got a seventh rounder who didn't practice all week, and you're thinking we're just going to leave him on an island, and this is going to work with the makeshift offensive <laughs> line against Jason Pierre-Paul, and right? Shaq Barrett, Jack Barrett? Uh, Bill, oh. uh, Vita Vea, like. Dude, like it's you, fun you, to think about. The like, we didn't even mention the linebackers, but like you really thought that was the the recipe for success. Can That's I be a fly on the ever. wall in the game plan room when they uh, when they decided? Okay, we're not going to chip this week. First, first, listen, 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 <laughs> listen. Just li- wait, just listen. I, I got an idea. I got an idea. I got an idea. Right, like that was. Oh, you know, guys, uh, we've done Max Protect the last two weeks. I don't think any team's going to see us coming back with the spread. Maybe we should get rid of these chip plays. Yeah, man. The Bears are... Um, are they going to win? I actually think they're going to win. I think so, too. They're a better team I at home. They, I have the Bears. As of right now, now this, I, this, this prediction can go bad by after Sunday. I have the Bears in the next two weeks going on a two-game winning streak. Hmm. By the way, did you hear Kyle Shanahan's record with Jimmy Garoppolo versus without him? Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, it's like 28 or 27 and like 8 or 9, and it's like 7 and 30 or 40. Yeah, 28. But I mean, it's okay. Uh, you traded for him thinking that he was going to be good. Also, because when people say that, it's like, man, you need Jimmy. I'm not saying you don't. 
what he what he needs is a capable quarterback. Yeah. Right. I like mean, that's what he's asking for. But what he wants is someone who's exceeds being capable and that the scheme doesn't have to be the key to everything they're doing. They need someone who can just win as far as what they expect Trey Lance to be win when it's necessarily an unstructured play. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or just it's kind of like when on Star Wars, when they went from droids to clones and it's like, yeah, you can program a droid to do all these things. But sometimes I need a guy to just have it in him to figure out how to get it done without mm-hmm. me telling him how to get it done. That's what Kyle Shanahan is looking for under center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he needs that guy that can be great off play as well as on schedule and when the time he needs to be there, because he's usually had quarterbacks with the timing. But if the play breaks down end of the play. And that's what they loved about Trey. And hit Emmanuel Sanders when he's when he's down deep yeah. in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, that was one of those on plays and uh it wasn't on in. Yeah. <laughs> At least it was better than the Super Bowl with Atlanta where hey, forget oh, running the football. Don't, dude, if you I remember <laughs> hitting up my boy who is a huge Tom Brady uh fan and I remember just like Man, y'all are getting oh, killed. God. And it was this dude that was at this party that was at, right? And he was just, he was talking so reckless. And all of a sudden, he was just so quiet, majority oh, of the Super Bowl no. party. And then Cal Shanahan, who I love, and uh, and, and uh, um and uh, Matt Ryan just wet the the wet the bench. Throw Dan Quinn in there like we do with Pete Carroll. You're the head coach. You know what the call is. Can we be like, hey, let's run the football, fellas? Dude, I mean... At one point, Matt Ryan has to audible and realize, like, dude, right? I know what we're trying to do, and you're looking out for me, but Devontae Freeman, here goes your MVP. Right. Like, you know how many, you know how many MVP, there's two Super Bowls that the Patriots got because people were trying to jury mander MVPs. Right. Like, right. They were trying to get like their Russell Tom Wilson. Brady. They were trying to get Russell Wilson over beast mode. And they sit there and threw that right to McCartry McCartry, I believe. And then they sat there with with Matt Ryan. And because Devontae Freeman was going to be there, they was like, well, Matt Ryan, the MVP this year, we got to make sure that he can right. get this. Right. And like I, 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 the crazy part, you're doing this against the Patriots. I know y'all are kicking the Patriots butt. But you have to remember who you're playing. Right. right? Like, get, get out of there. Get yeah, on the get, bus. I was about to say, get it done and then do what you want. But get 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 double, ze- double zeros and then start acting a fool. Don't act be, a fool still in the match. At least, to be fair to the Seahawks, they had one on their finger. You know, they already got a ring. So, had, at least if you're going to be ridiculous. With that one something. compared to having two yeah. defines nope. an error. Yeah. I'm right. not. It's, I'm not defending. I'm not, you, I'm not saying even you. I'm not even saying you. But it it makes the Legion of Boom. Like think about where the Legion of Boom would stand de- in yep. defensive. If they had two Super Bowl teams. If they had two, right? Like it, it, it's it's just Baltimore man. only got one. Bears only all, got one. All those teams only got one. The Bears, yep. Baltimore, the uh, Tampa Bay. Now they have two, but not from that team. The Tony right. Dungy, two different hateful man team. Chucky hateful Chucky team. Yeah, but you know, like you only those <laughs> defensive teams only gave you one. But just, just like imagine if the Bears, the the, the Bears of eighty Bears won two. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it's just you. But the Bears didn't even have an opportunity to squander as far as getting back to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and it, look, and it's not even squander. Like these teams, the Super Bowl was over. It's even worse. Even though, yeah. even though, um, even though Seattle 
was on the goal. Like it was like two minutes, a minute and a half left for Seattle. Right? It was a minute, like a minute left, right? With a timeout in the back pocket. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but the game was was basically over when they did it. Uh, but the game was close. They were beating them twenty something to three. Right. The, and they the, needed Atlanta. to earn like two minutes of game clock, and it's over. They well, have I no mean, time to come back. The Falcons were stomping the Patriots, right? Destruction. And all you had to do, I get it. Okay, the Patriots are coming back. What, what, what was what was the um what was was it was it was it Emma Dola? Who was it wasn't Wes Walker wasn't there anymore. Was Wes Walker still no, there? No, no, no. It's it was Danny uh, Amendola, right? No, it's that other guy. Oh, oh no, it was um I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, it was um why am I blanking? I'll get it for you. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, pretty boy. What's his name? Mm-hmm. I'll get it for you. Yeah, but he was going the hell off. And at that point, you know what you say? We're not gonna let fall into this anymore. We're about to take the, we're about to take the time of possession away from them. Who I can't it was um his name is at the tip of my tongue too. And now it's gonna kill me right when I freaking say it. Uh Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman was going the hell off. Um, That's when uh, he got all that Hall of Fame. Like, should he be in the Hall of Fame, Julian Edelman, after that season? Oh, man. But anyway, going all the way back to this Bears team. um, I hope Kyle Shanahan watched this segment, by the way. (laughs) We said that all this pre our preseason review, I didn't trust that the 49ers were going to be healthy. And last year was just last year. I said, I thought the 49ers were going to be hurt this year. It, it didn't seem like a fluke. It seemed like it was an epidemic and they still haven't solved whatever they're doing with their training or whatever they're playing on in mm-hmm. practice. They haven't solved it because it's an internal issue that you're having this many injuries to these mm-hmm. guys. And, and losing I, Jimmy, they probably wouldn't be this two and four team if they had Jimmy. They probably be a little bit better. I agree. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I mean, even the, the they I mean, they're always on their fifth running back, but this whole season they've been on their fifth running back. <laughs> You know, like they are always on their fifth. Round. But it's just you're like you, you, you know, most start is going to give you about right. three starts and then go out and then he out from. The- it's like the Morstead rule; he'll give you three games unless you cut him and bring him off the street, and then he'll play the whole season. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I think the Bears are going to win. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think so. Like, it's. A little weird without Matt Nagy. I don't know if that's a bad thing necessarily for the Bears, but I don't know if that's also a thing where it kind of messes with the rhythm or groove. But they got to win. They can't. They got a couple games left before that bye week, and they can't. They can't go on like a four-game winning streak going into that bye week. If you're Matt Nagy, that heat is going to be hot and you mean losing heavy. streak. Yes, sorry, losing yeah. streak. Because they've already lost two, and if you lose two more, you're four into the bye week with a really tough schedule the rest of the way, too. Man, Matt Nagy shouldn't be back regardless of the outcome of the season. I totally There's agree. No, not, and I'm not saying you would disagree. There's just no reason to continue this, this, this joke. And I, I, mean, I you got to think about it. It's a gamble if this dude's ever going to get an offense going at this point, and it's a bad gamble. Yeah, this is. A, I don't even think it's a gamble. I mean, if well, it's a gamble he, like you could put all your money on red 13 or whatever right. and maybe well, win. this one, whatever, whatever color and number you want to assign to Matt Nagy hitting, it's not even on the board. <laughs> um, it's this is Sir, the table is over here. 
like it's this would have to be Matt Nagy finds himself with one of the best quarterbacks ever and it clicks. But really, it's that quarterback get, just knows what to do with, I guess, Matt Nagy's right. playbook. This isn't going to work. This is never going to work. Not here. And I, I really doubt anywhere when it comes to Matt Nagy being the offensive play caller. All right. He can be the offensive coordinator. But if he's the person calling the plays, it's not going to work. Like, and it's it's just no reason. It we it shouldn't have been. We shouldn't have. He shouldn't have the opportunity this year. All right. So that's that's yeah. on management. And he damn sure shouldn't have the opportunity next year. And if they bring him back next year, regardless of what takes place this year, it lets them know, let you know, they don't value what you feel whatsoever. And I don't, I'm not, not to say that companies should automatically value their fan base or the, the people that they're selling their product to, but it gets to the point of where you're being disrespectful to those people with what you're presenting them. And it, this has exceeded being disrespectful. His offense has never worked outside of parts of the first season. And, and don't be like, don't be a fool if you're the Bears. Everybody around the league is saying you have an actual dude at quarterback. Everybody lauded this pick. Everybody thinks Justin Fields has got it. You watch him play. It hasn't been the giant breakout games, but he looks so much better than Mitch in these first few games of his career compared to Mitch. Like, don't mess this up. This is your chance. You've been waiting to actually have the guy in the building. You got him in the building. You got to finish it. Yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm in total agreement with you. Totally Get agree. rid of Nat Nagy. Get a guy that has someone done it who's before. done this before. It's time to grow up. And even if you go the coordinator way, he better be one of the best coordinators in football. And I don't mean a season. It better have been multiple years where he's like been. Like Brian Dable or something out of Buffalo where it makes a little bit more we're sense. Always talk, we're always talking. That's, that's basically And what I don't know if he is a great leader, but just like you said, a guy that's been a play caller for a lot of years, like more than just a season, multiple mm-hmm. years, has a tangible quarterback that he's developed that we can see it's not some like made up thing like, oh, I was a part of Patrick Mahone's development. Remember that in the beginning? Right, right. Like, even though, I, even though Andy Reid was calling the plays. Exactly. So it's you see him actually develop a quarterback. Maybe Dayball isn't a great choice, but get a guy that's freaking done it before. Stop being ridiculous. It's just sad that we're at this point already. The Matt Nagy's has to go point. And I know we're always there. But like this season is still young enough that we shouldn't be here, and it, like it's it's spinning around and being in the same place is very disheartening. To say and the least. I hate when I hear his press conference now. He's like, "Let's go score some points." Stop saying that. You haven't done that ever. Stop acting like, "Oh, we just need to turn it on." It's never going to turn on. I'm with you. Let's get out of Bears talk and go on to Week Eight. How are you feeling about some of these week eight matchups? And let me pull that up real quick. Got to put the little the little banner down. Oh, of course, my computer's freezing. I'll get that in a second. Let's start with the noon slot of games. And what I'm seeing right here, how about we take a look at an AFC North matchup? Steelers-Browns, big game for both of those teams in pursuit of a wild card, not the division. Uh, three and three Steelers, four and three Browns. Baker Mayfield is playing. I guess this will go a lot into how I feel about that Steelers game next week. Um, 
<laughs> I'm gonna go with the Browns, man. Even though I I want to go with the Steelers in hopes that they win, and that where the Bears wouldn't get a Steelers team that's really um kind of goes back to old Bears game when uh beast not when when the bus Jerome Bettis trucked a uh, Brian Urlacher wow. and they went on like win the Super Bowl because they had been losing and that game was like the game that turned their year around. Um, Bears played well in that game. Couldn't score schnit. Right. And that's I hope we don't have a situation like that. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Baker Mayfield and his non-throwing labrum um, being a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. And they get Nick Chubb back. That's a recipe of success for the Browns. I got him. I got him starting. I got Nick Chubb starting. And I don't have to worry about Kareem Hunt taking away. Right. Um, yeah, he's getting a full load, full, full load. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a game that the Browns win and they're at home too. So you would think that they're going to win right now. The spread though is Cleveland minus fours and you get three for being at home. So they think this is pretty close to a pick them right now. Right. Uh, there's not a lot of great games, unfortunately in that noon hour, but there's a, there's a nice little, little pocket of games in the three o'clock. Let's start with, the Chargers hosting the Patriots. Three and four Patriots. Don't give me that face. Bill is great against young quarterbacks. You're right. I mean, I should just go with whatever you say. So what do you say? <laughs> I think it's going to be a close game. I think the Chargers ultimately win. And even look at the spread, minus four and a half. So only a mm. point and a half for being at home. I, I'm going to go with the Chargers are going to definitely beat the Patriots at home. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people would expect. And I kind of look at that Tampa Bay New England game, how well they were able to compete with Tampa Bay. Yeah, but see, my only issue with that is Bill knows everything about Tom Brady. But Bill knows everything about beating young quarterbacks. I'm not saying he doesn't, but like he knows everything. Like, yeah. do you know how long, how much of this offseason he was preparing for that game? Yeah. Oh my God. Like, I bet funny? nobody would admit that. He would never admit that. But he as soon as the schedule came out. He was like, oh. Why do I yeah. think he had like Tom taped on his mirror and everything? Come on, dude. Like, if you don't it. think he was implementing things for that game, guys were like, man, why are we even putting this into the system? <laughs> You're going to yeah. find out later. Like, he even knew about it when the opponents were released. Like, I'm going to draft Mac Jones just to have him with Tom Brady. <laughs> exactly. Show him. <laughs> and I'm not even going to move up to get him. I'm going to stand pat. Right. I could trade up and get Justin Fields, but now nah, I need to get Tom Brady. Right. Another Jones. Brady. Yeah. What other what other games? Uh, how about Tom Brady hosting, or I'm sorry, going on the road against the Saints? Saints have any chance of winning the division? They got to win that game. Nah, son, don't even. Nah, son, it ain't happening. Oh, listen, only thing is Lattimore and his ability to shut down Mike Evans, which affects my fantasy roster. Um, dude, Boy, I got what? No, go ahead. I uh, dude, I I got Tom Brady and them beating the Saints. Um, Jameis. They, look, the Saints are going to be looking for a quarterback pretty, 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 pretty soon. Uh, the Jameis stuff is not going to work as far as being contenders. You can't do it with Jameis Winston. So uh, Sean Payton's going to find somebody that he can he can he can use as his 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 uh, vessel of QB in in the not too distant future. Man, uh, you know what is going on with the NFL? Last couple of weeks, it's been hard to do these previews. Not enough matchups that uh, are salivatable. I don't it's understand these, what's going on. It's these bars. I mean, look at this. Monday night, I don't even want to bring this up. Chiefs are hosting the Giants. Big whoop. I guess we'll close out our preview of week eight. 
Vikings hosting the Cowboys on Sunday night football. You feel like the Vikings can upset the Cowboys? I think they have a chance, depending on how well Dalvin Cook can establish that run. I mean, they have the receivers that can do it, and I got Kirk Cousins playing this week, so I need him to do the damn thing. Um, <laughs> I, I'll go with I'll go with the Cowboys because just looking at what Michael Parsons has done this year and how well Dan Quill has gotten that defense to play compared to last year. Um, and Dak is just Dak is balling. I, I drafted Dak last year because I knew Dallas offense was going to be stupid. And when I hear people be like, yeah, we finally see Dak doing Dak was doing this last year, playing out of his mind. Um, but I was fearful of what's he going to say healthy this year. So I was like, I, I can't touch him. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Dak is balling out. It's like it's ridiculous what he's doing now. Like it's he has ill skill players, but it's him. You know what I'm saying? Like the throws, the timing, when it's it's him. I'm definitely going with the Cowboys are going to beat the Vikings, but I do not think they're going to blow the Vikings out. Now, the Vikings have an offense that can definitely stand this game against the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys have too much going for them right now. Yeah, I agree. Just I, the Cowboys kind of impressed me a little bit. They might be a little bit of a fake NFC contender, um, but Dak's doing it. Like you said, Dak, I'm impressed with Dak right now. I cannot yeah. lie. That that listen, it's talking about waiting to pay him, and not to say that cap wise, and we know you can massage the cap, but still there won't be ramifications down the line that paying him that much money won't affect what you can do with other teammates or other players coming to that team. But he's giving you your money's worth. Don't don't get that twisted, man. He is giving you every cent of that contract right now. Right. You can't even think about moving on from him. Like that would no. be a huge mistake. No, he's, he's ball dude. Tony Romo wasn't this. No, no, right. like Tony, and he's still improving enough where he's going to probably hit another even level once he gets more of one. Because Tony at his peak was when he mastered the position, but the body broke down at that point when he was and young. The clutch, and he didn't had a clutch gene yeah, either. He did not. He and if anything, if he either. had it, it was very late. Right, right. But yeah, Dak is woof. It's nasty. It's listen. It's what Dak is doing is nasty. Right. It's, it's filthy to say the least. You ready to wrap up the show? Let's go around. Let's go up for grabs, man. Just one question for you. Can you think of a World Series you're less interested in than this one currently? And I wanted to take Chicago World Series out of it. So no 05, no 2016. But what's your favorite World Series matchup? Mm, that's a good question. My favorite World Series. And luckily, thanks to Chicago baseball, we can just eliminate two seasons and eliminates like over 200 years for both teams. Right. Don't Um, have to worry about those 80s championships. That's a really good question. Um, You know what? This one could be if Dusty wins. What? Yep. Oh, man. Um, Because in all fairness... Most of my teams that if if because I'm trying to think like when did someone that I want to see beat the Yankees beat the Yankees and I'm not a Yankees hater right Diamondbacks for me Nah see I wasn't out that Diamondbacks team Wait 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 is that is that the that's not the big unit team with yep. uh and Kirk Oh yeah that was it that actually that that was yeah. my, that was my team That was but a lit World they Series had, right they there. had the only problem is you had what Luis Gonzalez was on that yep, team who hit the game winning hit over Mariano and was, Rivera and was allegedly full of roids 
Yeah. And I, I just that never really sat well with me because I felt like one of them got away. Um, that was probably you know, because I love because this is what I was trying to do. I was trying to put in my head when were the Seattle Mariners in the World Series because that clearly would be my favorite team that wasn't the White Sox team. Uh, King Griffey Jr. brought me to Randy Johnson and Randy Johnson, King Griffey Jr. brought me to Sweet Lou and to Edgar Martinez and to, to all those guys that were on that squad that I loved as a kid. Uh, I loved the Mariners growing up and it, it, it easily made me an Ichiro fan. Um, that's, that's what I was thinking. So it had to be that one with the big unit, even though – and it hurt because Schilling did so much, right? Came back on short notice. Like I mean, they both did. They both did. Yeah, but it was still a little bit more Kurt Schilling. Probably I'm a Randy Johnson guy. To be it was fair, a, I think it's only a little bit more Kurt because he started game seven and Randy relieved it versus right. the other I'm, way around. Yeah, I went – so that that one um, – that one, that, that one probably is it until – if Dusty wins this one, this one will be my favorite one. And it, <laughs> I must be honest. I'm being honest. I'm being hey. honest. Hey, that's cool with me. I'm thinking the only other ones that come that Houston cheating ass over the Dodgers. That was a pretty good World Series to watch. I'll give it that one, even though a lot of cheating ass cheating going on in that one. Also, you know what? Also say this. I like this, the fact that Clayton Kershaw had finally won one. I didn't want him to be one of those greats that was a great that basically Craig Kershaw had his own era and to not win one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that I will say that that pandemic World Series that the Dodgers have, I do like that one for Clayton Kershaw. Ooh, that's one of my least interested in World but Series. I, and I think it's because of the fans not being there. Okay. But also, I mean, you, you being a Cubs fan, You've yeah, had, and hating the Dodgers. Yeah, so like, like, because it, it'd be different if this was like a team that the Sox battled in the playoffs, or even if we didn't battle them, they were viewed as another contender in our division, mm-hmm. then or, or league rather. Then yeah, I'm not going to have an affinity. But Ooh, sorry, I just thought of my least interested World Series. I'll give you one: Marlins Yankees in 03. God, could I care less about that dumbass series? I was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I can still listen. I can still look at that look, guy, every, Fuck listen, that guy. Every time I think about how young Miguel Cabrera was back then, Ozzy Guillen being the, the third base coach coming to the White Sox the following season, Trader Jack, um, Dontrell Willis, how they beat the Cubs, the Cubs Long had it. And it all you can hear, all you could think about is how, at that point, how unnerving Cubs fans would have been. And they had it. <laughs> they had it. It was so. I know. It was they wood had, or it was prior wood to close it out. They had it and they squandered it. Mm-hmm. So I had to like to see and that. Ruined the life of Steve Bartman. For to no see reason. that implosion and then the team that caused it to go on and win it all. And this is why mid-year they brought in back, brought out one of the oldest managers ever. <laughs> that one was a good one. I'm sorry, like that one. I'm happy about that. That's at the top right now. That one. That was you special. Just... <laughs> I mean, you got to underdog. You got to understand back then, man. It was it was hard. It was hard in these streets, man. It was hard. Oh, it was so hard. Because I mean, look at it. The Cubs were the Cubs had the whip. As far as the talent all around, 
but they were still well, yeah, a year these aces. early. Yeah, but Pocket they were aces. still people didn't think that year. People thought they could because Dusty had redid the culture, but people didn't think they would. And they was like, "Screw this, we're gonna do it this year. Why not us? Right? Why not us?" And to have it and to have it going your way and it lined up and you wet the bed in the biggest way possible, mm-hmm. that one was woo. That was crazy, yo. That was crazy. yeah. Come on, what else you got for me? You keep bringing good ones out. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, I loved personally the Angels Giants Dusty's first World Series. Yeah, I did Dusty love that one. Getting a little bit ahead of himself, uh, thinking it was a wrap. Trying to think which other ones were uh, were I a fan of? Another to, a, a personal one, Phillies. Rays, even though I wanted the Rays to win that one, Joe Madden's first World Series. I usually, I see. I was gonna say I root for the small market teams, but Royals. Teams I was all about Royals Giants. No, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. And I'm not a Royals hater. Oh yeah, but I definitely, that's right. AL I definitely wasn't. Um, but it, the, the small market teams are usually the teams that I'm rooting for. But usually, when they get to the World Series against these juggernauts, they don't beat them down. I'm, I'm with you. I usually root for the Rays, and the Rays have never gotten it done in our lifetime. Well, period. <laughs> our lifetime has been the, the Rays organization. They've never gotten Shout it out done. to Kevin Nash taking out uh, Blake Snell. Thank right. you for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that 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 it's it's always a small. I, I did like I'll say this too. I was happy that the Nationals finally got it done. Oh, that was one of my favorite World Series, too. I keep forgetting about that. that I was, was happy that the Nationals got it done. That, that, that one was a good one since they had knocked on the door so Not much. About those cheating ass, cheating, cheating. Mm. Cheating ass, cheating fucking dumbass Dallas Keiko. Oh, we're not going to let one World Series go to our head. We're going to win another. They hey. Yeah. <laughs> But not with Dallas. Not with that piece of shit. Where y'all at now? (laughs) He's not even on a playoff roster. Shut your mouth. Yeah, we got to get rid of him. Ain't nobody taking him for nothing. But yeah, all right. That was a good one. That was a really good one that you came up with for up for grabs, Ryan. Please keep up the great work. I think Diamondbacks Yankees is my favorite. Mm -hmm. I'll go with um, Yankees Marlins as... um, (laughs) Is my and you want the Marlins to win too? Didn't who won that? It was the Marlins, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, blanked, you also that remember, year was blanked out of my mind. I was, oh yeah, you're sure you stopped watching yeah. it that year. <laughs> I would have burnt my television, man. Like, I mean, you got to also do. It was it was Dontrell Willis. It was Miguel Cabrera. It was Ozzie Guillen. It was Trader Joe. That that team was so fun to, to just to take in. It was Derek Lee. Right. Let's yeah. not forget that Derek yep. Lee was playing for them before they traded him. Derek Lee. Right. It was just so it, that that team that was a that might have been the worst LCS year of my life. As soon as I turned off the Cubs getting eliminated, I went to see the Yankees eliminate Red Sox, who with Pedro Martinez was my second favorite team in baseball. And Aaron Boone walks it off, and I was just like, Family Guy, Peter Griffin, done. Like <laughs> fuck baseball. <laughs> I'll see you next year. Uh, listen, I'm with you. When my team, if my team makes the playoffs and gets their ass handed to them, I don't feel like watching any more of this, man. I need a break. Uh, but yeah, that I have to. That one, that one may have been my my favorite outside of when Dusty would listen. But think about it. Now uh, the right is being wronged. If Dusty gets one, it's for all of you guys. 
Yeah, I like how you put it. The right is being wronged. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. We always appreciate it. We'll be back probably next Tuesday with the live show. So we'll post um, and give you an idea when we're going to go live. We're going to try to get you a live show every week as we try to get out two shows per week. So keep listening. Um, And a possible third or fourth twice a month or once a month in the flip. Right. So we're trying to gear up and give you more, get back or not even get back, get better. So definitely continue on to give us a little bit of your time. We always appreciate it. And please don't do anything crazy before you hear from us again.